You are listening to episode number 19 of the Mind Body Academy podcast with Sarah Rose in conversation with Jersey Gregorick. This isn't an NBA. This is the NBA. This is the place for you to get coached and make health and happiness the business of how you get ahead in life. You get coached. Coached. This is the startup of you. You get coached. And now, your coach, Sarah Rose. Today's guest on the podcast is known as the Lion of Olympic Weightlifting. This world record holder in weightlifting and four-time world champion is 65 years young and has trained the minds and bodies of the likes of Tim Ferriss and Naval Ravikant. In our conversation, he shares the secrets to not only creating the body of an elite athlete, but the happy body of an everyday athlete, a body that will last you a lifetime. Happy listening. So welcome, Josie, to the podcast. It's so great to have you on. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's special to have you here because typically my podcast is a solo cast, and you're actually the first guest that I have on. So the fact that it's during these times of social distancing, it's interesting to be able to have the opportunity to show what it's like to have minds connect through these times and create value for people who are so needing that kind of support right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I think it's more um, adapting to the situation than actually thinking about helping. So um, if you adapt, it means you are helping because what else you would do? So uh, the most important is to see the world as it is and then what you can do in this world instead of um, expecting the world to be something else. So um I think that's the most important fact that you live in the uh, in the world and um, the world changes. The world happens. It's bigger than you are, right? So what uh, what you're left with is whether you can do something about that during the time when it happens. Because if something great happens, something bad happens, right? Things are, things happen. Right. So how you respond to that? is important. It's really crucial for you and for anybody else. Change is the one thing that's guaranteed through all of this, no matter how intense the crisis that we're facing now, change is always a part of, of life, that's for sure. So how do we take care of our bodies in the midst of what's going on and, and how do we adapt to that? Uh, well, I think it's... Uh, you know, I created this program called the Have You Body, and that program takes care of the skill of living on a, in a bigger sense. So um, it takes care of all the physical standards and then also, also philosophy and, and goodness and virtues but, uh, and self-control. But um, the most important is that you can do it uh, at home, you don't need any bother, right? You don't need gyms and so on. 
And it, it has this interesting uh, breathing patterns that um, you inhale and hold the breath for, you know, let's say 10 seconds when you do the lift and exhale. And that helps to uh, be mindful about what you do and helps with, um, uh, also it helps with the calming the heart during that um, process of, of lifting, which is really uh, interesting because it, the whole exercise system is based on parasympathetic nervous system and not sympathetic. The other, uh, the last thing uh, what I want to say about this is that, you know, the test for um, fibrosis or coronavirus is that you inhale and you hold the breath and if after 10 seconds you don't have any uh, coughing, dry coughing and so on, they probably don't have any inflammatory system in the lungs and you don't have any fibrosis. So when people go to hospital, they uh, it's usually very light that you have about 50% fibrosis. So it is uh, uh, important that you check yourself on a daily basis. So to know that, that um, you know you can hold the breath for 10 seconds without any effort that is important because you can do it every day and the happy body people actually when they exercise do it all the time so uh, they know that uh, if they go through the uh, program they are okay uh, right so, so there's a preventative care aspect to the breath right yeah and so what role has the breath played in the design of your program? Why is that so important for people? Well, you know, I, um, through the aging process, uh, we lose the muscle and uh, we become weaker and uh, we become susceptible to any uh, illnesses because our immunity goes down. So that... Um, having this muscle and not losing it uh, is essential to our aging process. Then, uh, so to actually deal with that, you ha we have to train uh, interval uh, strength training system to have it, uh, to engage it, and not endurance system. So whenever we just do constantly, it's endurance and that feeds on muscle and doesn't feed on uh, on the fat actually it feeds on the muscle so the interval training system strength system is that you have to lift and you have to rest you have to lift and you have to rest so one of the things that uh, these breathing patterns uh, 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 do in the happy body is that create this interval strength training system so when you inhale you hold the breath and during this time you lift and you stretch and then you go down and then you exhale so you have the time of the lifting and the time of recovery and that because of that you can grow the muscle or even maintain what you have when you are 70 or 80 years old is very important but if you uh, keep training that way until you are 60 or 70 or 80, then uh, it's uh, easy to play the same way, to have the muscle, to be mobile, to be flexible, uh, to be quick. So it's it's like a music that you play on a piano and you know you, you play when you are 20 year old, it's very easy. 
but when you are 80, it's a lot of harder. But if you apply that throughout the years, it's not really difficult. You can be 80 and 90 and you play music. So if you're doing that interval training versus a more endurance-based training, you're training the, the muscles all related around the lungs to be able to oxygenate the muscles differently. And to grow the muscle, yeah? So you don't to lose grow it. the muscles. You don't, you don't become fragile. So it's, um, it's the, the, the most uh, um, uh, difficult is to actually keep the muscle on and keeps the strength throughout the aging. So fragility is one of the things that we face when we age, and that's why our posture, we break, and then, and then, um, then everything with, with immunity uh, is, um, is really not good. So it's, it's, uh, it's all, almost all related to the muscle and strength of the muscle. Mm. That's why it's, it's so uh, important you know, to start with the muscle, to have it and, and, and do everything to, uh, to maintain or grow it and not to do anything that would contribute to the loss of it. Right. So what are some of the most overlooked parts of breathing? Because I think a lot of the time when people think about breathing, they think, I just know how to breathe. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you know, uh, breathing is very interesting because it can really uh, help us to um, calm ourselves down. And it can help us to, um, to choose uh, better in life. It can help us to um, respond better, develop the distance. So uh, um, the breathing in, in the happy body is that is the hold of the breath during the lifting. But also I teach the happy body people to breathe that way when they actually interact with anybody else or they walk on the street or wherever they are. So if you are, let's say, in the situation that you get irritated, and you sit around uh, the table with somebody that really challenges. I think that's going on for a lot of people right now. <laughs> right. And, and somebody challenges you uh, in a way that puts you into uncomfortable uh, situation. Then you breathe this way, this way, like I would breathe now. Let's say I would like inhale, hold the breath, and then exhale. And even if I talk, I can hold my breath. So then it's the situation that I can do that and I can help myself to calm myself down so that I sound better or I, I, I will respond better. So I will not get angry. I will not get anxious. I will not uh, turn myself into uh, complaining and blaming uh, things around, but uh, turn myself into dealing with the situation as it is right now. Right. Or so, somebody that is, uh, doesn't know better and somebody that uh, is irritated already, somebody is angry already, and then um, how I can deal with that person that I can help that person and myself. You know, if I let myself into um, shallow breathing and I will get irritated because of it, then it will not be good for both of us. But if I... Uh, start these breathing patterns that help me to calm myself down, then opens this possibility for both of us that, uh, you know, I, I will uh, show the calmness, I will show the care because of it, and I will show this possibility for the other person to embrace it. 
Right. It's so powerful because the breath is so much a part of us and it creates this space between the things that trigger us between other people to be able to cultivate the way that we want to respond to the way that we're being triggered. And then it allows us also to drop into um, our own sense of self in that moment, who we want to be in relationship to what's going on. So it's this simple tool that we have and we can develop practicing it because when we let our breath just Uh, we lose awareness of our breath. That's as you described, it can speed up, we can hold it. And all of a sudden, if we're in uh, someone's there with us, we become the mirror for them. As we speed up, they speed up their breath. And it's this mirroring back and forth just from the simple way that we're breathing. But when we calm ourselves down with the breath and we drop in deeper, the other person too is able to sense that, um, Kind of right. safety that's being created through the breath. Right. There's a, uh, a distancing developed during this uh, breathing that you hold the breath. And that uh, distance, the, the longer the distance between the what happens and the respond, the more you have time to actually respond in a good way. So the meditation does it, and this kind of meditation uh, with the holding breath is is meditation, but uh, you can have it during the discussion, you can have it with open eyes, and nobody has to know that they're actually doing it. So you can teach, let's say, or you you will be speaking, and uh, you have a speaking engagement, you're irritated, you have uh, stage fear, whatever it is, so you... You do that breathing, this breathing, and you just walk and you do the breathing. Right away will help you. So there is a um, um, response uh, that is automatic in us. Let's say you blush when somebody says something <laughs> about you and you're kind of a, a little bit uh, embarrassed about that and you blush. And that is a normal reaction. But then there is a time to respond. And that time to respond, if you have more time, you can respond more uh, intelligently. So if you just right away uh, respond very fast, then uh, you don't have a distance. And so that distance, when the distance is longer, it helps you to respond you know, um, better. And that, re- that respond um, you know, really um, makes a difference whether you... Uh, uh, save yourself in a way or save the discussion or uh, present yourself um, calm or intelligent or not. So I like uh, that it, word intelligent because the breath is there to help support our emotional intelligence, but also there's a real physical intelligence too in the ways that physically we start to react to the situations and to the people in our lives when we're breathing in a way that we've cultivated um, a wise relationship to that right. deep oxygenating full body breath. Right. And the, you know, the response also is yours is uh, that's what you are responsible for. You're not responsible that you blush or, you know, uh, mm, <laughs> right. You, that's, that's just your, uh, you know, genetic uh, uh, imprint, but uh, respond after that is yours so you can control it, it you can uh, manage to uh, to have it uh, 
the way that is showing you as a person that is uh, uh, calm and care. Yeah. So I'd love to hear from you in terms of the sense through the body, through the breath, through a mental training, you can develop a happy body and you've created this system. But I'd love to know from you what your personal evolution has been. Has your body always been what you would describe as a happy body? Where did you come from? Well, um, you know, holding the breath is in, um, in weightlifting, actually. So, you know, Olympic weightlifting, when you uh, lift weights, you actually hold the breath. And then when you throw the bar up, then you release the breath and you hold it again. So there is a period of holding that, uh, that prevents a weightlifter from collapsing the chest and, and you know, uh, uh, being weak. So and I always like, kind of uh, like that pattern of the breath, that, uh, that holding the breath. And um, in Olympic weightlifting, of course, I, I really like because <clears throat> it's a very powerful uh, way of, uh, of training that uh, develops, you know, uh, faster actions. And at age, like you know, I'm 65, to have faster actions is important because delay uh, reflexes are the reasons why we fall. And when we go to you know 70s and 80s, we fall more, and they it can be fatal. So then, uh, uh, when I started developing the the system for people about 30 years ago, the happy body, then I uh, thought that all these things that people need, this has to be in one program. So it has to be meditation. There, it has to be flexibility. It has to be strength. It has to be breathing that is calming people down, and it has to be. Uh, uh, fast reactions and good posture. I have to somehow control the food and and, and be uh, able to know uh, what is the really uh, a good body weight and and how to be lean, how to have the muscle and how to and all these things are physical, of course, and they present uh, the challenges on our self control and mimicking. And, and, you know, building the strength of the uh, hard choices and creating better life. So all these challenges are uh, presented because the physical uh, happens. And then the goals, physical uh, goals are really hard to achieve. So, you know, suddenly uh, we are engaged in self-control, which is really good because it's opportunity. But self-control creates... Uh, uh, the situation with uh, frustration, so it, it's all linked together, and um, and all happens because of transparency. The Happy Body program is transparent. It means I wanted to create something that is measurable, all in numbers, that everybody knows what is the goal, and everything is not vague at all. So uh, once we know in numbers what we really need to do, then we have the opportunity to. And become a better human while actually we creating that transparency. So if you really know that you should do um, you should do this exercise and this exercise will create this and this and that. So that helps us to uh, to be challenged the right way and and and, and, and create this self control system and then of course virtues in life because of it. So. 
It's hard to me- to measure progress when we don't know what we're measuring. So it's that awareness to be able to recognize like what are the things that we can be tracking. And I'd be interested to know from you, how do you set those benchmarks and those standards for yourself to know that you're actually progressing? Because I think that's the missing piece for a lot of people. There's like there's only the focus on the end result that they want and the in-between kind of gets missed. So you either have the result or you don't, and that's where a lot of discouragement sets in for people. Well, it's never been done. So, uh, and, and I never thought about that either, right? Uh, so it's, it's been done in a way in weightlifting this uh, micro-progressive system and achieving uh, certain goals was normal thing because... You know the world records, and it's very clear. And it's very clear how many years you need to do in order to, in order to train, in order to reach a certain level. This is very, it's transparent. In sprinting, it's transparent. We know who is the fastest runner. We know what's the record. And now we know how many years we have to train, maybe to get there, right? So, so it's clear. What about for the everyday athlete, though? So for the person yeah, who's exactly. like, I want to get in shape, but I don't know, I don't want to become an athlete, I don't want to be the best in the world, but I want to become the healthiest, happiest version of me. How can they set their standard to work towards? Well, that was my question, really, and, and uh, during the development of the program. So I created the program that would give people, as I said, strength and posture and and flexibility and so on. But I didn't know the numbers really uh, behind that. And and the numbers came to me uh, the first time in 2002. So I was in Melbourne and I competed the Masters uh, uh, Olympics there, this Masters Games. Uh, and uh, there were athletes from, you know, all over the world and from different sports. And I went to, um, to see the the lifters that they were the oldest, like 80, 85, 90 years old. And, and, and yeah. I sat and I, and I watched them, right? And there was this uh, uh, lifter from um, Australia, Charlie Henderson. And then he was eight years old. And he uh, went to the bar and lifted the weight uh, equals his body weight, right? So I was looking at that and the tra- trans me to Poland, you know, when I was a, a boy, you know, like 14, 15 years old, and we lifted weights, and then, uh, and nobody really, almost nobody could lift, you know, the weight that would be equal your body weight, so I was just thinking, this man, 80 year old, and then he does it, so if you could actually live the life that at 80 you could do that, that would be incredible life, an incredible uh, capacity to uh, to be like you said that everyday athlete, everyday you know uh, sport would be created. So I tra- uh, trans uh, transcended all these numbers to uh, to sedentary training system and created this uh, the happy body system that would uh, project that capability of the eighty year old. And then that's that's how uh, the numbers were you know that that's how the program became transparent and in that program also because you know not only people get strong but also they are lean and in the and they have certain body weight because weightlifters you know stand on a scale so they uh 
they actually uh, think about what is the best body weight for their height to, to be to be the most efficient. So we projected that also. And that created the uh, transparency and possibility for people to know what is the body weight. So now when people will come to me, let's say, it's like 30 years ago when somebody came to me, said, uh, I want to lose 20 pounds or I want to lose weight. Right? I want to get strong, but nobody knew really how much. Now when they come and then I say, well, you need to lose 37 pounds, right? So it's very clear how much. I know that my, my body weight is 140 pounds according to that. And it's a challenge for me because, you know, uh, I want to eat more, of course, right? I want to be bigger. <laughs> you know, I am that kind. You know, other people are on the other side because I have also men that they are 30, 40 pounds underweight. Yeah, then they come to me, and so they have to gain weight. But I am the one that I love food. So it helps, since I love food, I don't know what's the enough. But we, because I have the happy body, I know enough. The transparency is 100%. So I know exactly what is enough to maintain my, my weight, and I do that. I know exactly how much to lift to be equal with this 8-year-old. And that is transparency of it is creating this uh, this possibility for this athlete, like you said, daily athlete, to actually know and to be able to uh, set up the journey and micro progressive system to achieve, to maintain, and to live that way until I think you can be, you know, 90 years old and you can do sure. it, right? And if 80 years old is so strong, like. Uh, well, why not everybody? So how do you make those micro progressions and adaptations over time since, you know, a body isn't created overnight? And I like how you talk about the second half of your body is, uh, of your life is your second body and right. needing to nourish and take care of it in a different way. So how do you make those transitions over to be building a body that lasts you a lifetime and not just a season at the gym or that kind of thing. <laughs> well, you know, you, you have to think about that. Uh, in, in that we are uh, when we are doing certain things, it has to adapt. So the adaptation is time. So when you uh, do certain things, you you let's say strain the body uh, more than actually the the recovery is an adaptation. So you will hurt the body, right? So if you don't strain the body enough, you will not have the progress. So either one is not really good. So you kind of have to know what is the progress. So I will uh, give you the, um, the, uh, the imagination, uh, how I did with the cerebral palsy boy that came to me about five years ago. Sure. So he came and, and he was 25 years old. And he was very lethargic, very weak, and I took him to the gym, and he couldn't uh, I, he couldn't bench press 15 pounds bar, which is aluminium bar. 25 year old boy, and but very weak because of the illness, right? Not illness, condition. So uh, I gave him three pounds bar, this wooden bar, and then he was able to lift. Then I gave him eight pounds, and he did that, and 15 pounds. And then I set up the progression now. Okay, I will progress one pound every week, right, from that on. 
Because so that so, was that first session there where you were able to yes, start him so, lower, and then after a set, he was able to do more. Yes. But, you know, next week I did 16 pounds and then 17 pounds. And in a whole year, I had about 50 pounds progress. And that progress was adapted and the body responded to it. His nervous system responded to it. His brain responded to it, found the peripheral system to be able to do it, right? And he got stronger. He got, uh, and then because he got stronger, he had more energy. So he could spend this energy on study because, you know, when he came, he was completely dependent on parents, yeah? On dressing him, taking him to toilet and, and, and doing everything for him. But about a year after, he was able to do it all of it independently and, and he was flexible enough, he was strong enough and so on. So his independence began. Then uh, next year, I follow it again, 52 pounds progress, microprogression system. But I noticed that the boy has really harder and harder to adapt to that. So when I noticed that, that his lifts are harder to, the, the records to break harder, then I then I decided to have only half pound progress and then throughout the next year. And it was good. The adaptation work with that. And then the fourth year, I did only the quarter. And I created this micro progressive system of repetitions and adaptation and building the strength and progress. Then this boy, after five years, he, he could lift 170 pounds while his body was 150. And he was, he's cerebral palsy, autistic also. And because of this energy, he started studying math. And he started studying English. You know, from really the person that was really not capable to know more than time to eat and time to, uh, to sleep, became this intelligent human being that reads books and recently got himself into the community college. And pass the eighth grade of math. It's incredible. That's the microprogression. So five years passed, right? And you have this microprogressive system that helped that cerebral palsy boy and autistic boy to come from really completely dependent life to completely independent life. And we don't know really what is the next five years right, for him. Well, that's the microprogression. You just have to focus on that next level of progression and the next one after that and just kind of go at it in degrees like that. And micro, micro, little, right? I, I watched yesterday uh, the movie. What, I forgot the, the title. Uh, <laughs> uh, about the, what was the title? About the coach. It's um, the title. Really, got really black. See, I know, I know the movie, right? It's like a poem. You know the poem. You have the, the feeling, but you really forgot the the title. <laughs> yeah, it happens. <laughs> and what was um what was it about the movie that? It's about that he is uh, he is the alcoholic, mm-hmm. and he is a coach, and then he um. Uh, when he's the coach, he coaches certain way this high school team. And then what he uh, uh, yells at a certain point, do little things, little, little, 
many little things, do little things. You know, those little things that they are hundreds and thousands of little things that during the game of basketball, but they are very little things and they are extremely important because they build the wholeness. Yeah. Yes. So it is, uh, uh, it is important to, um, uh, to do those little, 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 many little things. And then coaches uh, are aware of it and they are aware that, you know, poets too, right? We mm -hmm. don't really, you know, become better writers uh, over that we know how to write. It's not such a thing. We have to write for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and we develop this knowing of these little things, how, how we progress as, as better writers. And, right, and, and you that, break it down from really mastering yeah. the word to mastering the line, the verse. Right, um, right. It's, 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 it means, it, uh, you know, you could think that it's so simple, right? <laughs> uh, you, know, you could read the, the book, How Not to Write, and you know how to write, right? It's like you would, write, uh, you would read the book about how to swim, and you would swim, right? You, you are not going to swim, right? <laughs> you have to go and really still face the water. Right. Just, you have to do the thing to be able to do it. <laughs> you have to really do that thing. So uh, There's actually the story of this uh, Canadian hockey player, Wayne Gretzky, who he used to watch the tapes with his dad. And when asked, like, what do you think they were looking for? A lot of people think, oh, they were looking for the mistakes. But actually what they were looking for, because he was such a skillful player, were all those micro areas where of in improvement what could he have done even better so it wasn't a critique it was looking for those opportunities in those little things not focusing on the whole game itself but those little plays and those little uh things can only actually uh ensure progress because if you do a little bit you know if you lift a little bit too much right that you even you you can but you progress then the body is too sore next day and you cannot train, and the body cannot be sore. You know, it's like cannot be in pain. The body has to progress very little every day, but cannot really be challenged too much. If you challenge the body too much, then you have to wait three, four days to do another training because you will be too sore. That, that's, that's how it is. But if you, if you create this a little bit more, then the body recovers easier, builds the ligaments better, builds the cartilage better, builds the muscle better, builds the you know cardiovascular better, builds all of that that is needed to lift this that weight or to be faster. Like Wayne Gretzky was extremely fast. So the whole thing is that he was faster than anybody else. He was called soft hands. Right. So so it was this when he ended up in the, the position that he had this distance, a little bit more distance, like we were talking about blushing and respond, right? So he is in, in hockey that distance. When he had this distance that he was, everybody else would be like in a slow motion for him. And he was able to go to position himself with the stick in a place that could gently, just gently, move that pack in that direction, in the right direction. He had a little bit more room than anybody else because he was a little bit faster. So his, his, the, uh, his gap was a little bit bigger here. And that soft hands, that's why he had this, he had this distance and he created this. 
but he created this with this micro progressive system like you said very very little but every day consistency is the sign of skill so so is the, the if you are skillful you are consistent it means so the development of this uh, skills depends on consistency consistent 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 right if you so are, how do you design a system for consistency that would allow somebody to be making sure they're setting the level of challenge just right to be moving well, towards their fitness and health goals? So you have to really, so the happy body sets up this, you know, there, right? So you can have, but if you want, let's say, uh, to develop that, that consistency in, uh, in, in lifting, let's say, 200 pounds, and then you're lifting only 50 pounds, right? So uh, then uh, 200 pounds is a lot of weight, right? So you have to compare these 200 pounds to any world-level people. And you find out that, let's say, it's only 50% of what the world record is. You know, if you are 30 years old, it's achievable for you. Okay. So now you have to somehow judge how much time is really needed to get to that point of, you know, 200 pounds. It's, it's about 150 pounds difference. So you uh, talk to coaches, you talk to others because you really need help. And they say, well, you, know, you should get it in three years. All right, you have three years. You have 1,000 days, right? Or you have 180, uh, 160 uh, weeks. And breaking the records on a weekly basis is really good. You have 160 uh, weeks, you have 160, 150 pounds. It's almost kind of a pound a week, right? So, uh, but pound a week at the beginning, it's not really enough. Your body can adapt faster with two pounds or three pounds, all right, or five pounds. So you set up five pounds, let's say. You know, every week you will do the five pounds. And, but the fourth week is getting harder right? So you improve 20 pounds, but it's really hard. So you drop it to three pounds every week. And then you drop to two pounds and one pound. And eventually at the end, you will be dropping to half pound and you will arrive mathematically to this 200 pounds. That's the micro progression. Now we imagine the system to do in the, in arts, impossible, right? That's why we need mentors. That's why we need mimicking. That's why we need people that actually uh, are that way so they can create this journey for us. There is no way that you can create that journey. That's why Stoics, you know, uh, taught mimicking. Like you said before, mimicking. Mimicking was the way to, to coach, to teach, to teach yourself who you are because it's inside. And this micro-progressive system to the, uh, from the way that you are today, out of control, irritated, angry, to the one that is in control, calm and kind and good and careful people. It's a micro-progressive system that it takes about five years, right? Mm. Yes, but it is in this kind of a, uh, you know, a coach or a mentor. That's why we need mentors so much. That's why Tim Ferriss' book is really... Uh, um, tribe of mentors is so important because you can really get from that uh, book this sense of uh, mentors, the sense how they do it, the sense what needs to be done so you don't go 
and want to do something faster that can be done. Because as soon as you do something faster that can be done, you you simply you know uh, jeopardize your effort. You 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 have to go slower. So then uh, the I will tell you tell you the joke Zen Zen joke about that. So mm -hmm. the father bring the father bring his son to um, to the Zen master to teach him happiness, and says master, could you teach my son happiness like you taught me before? And the master says, yeah, of course, right? Leaving him for, you know, half an hour and you can come out and pick him up. So he talks to the son and says, well, if we do this and that and that and then, well, in 10 years, you will know how to be happy and you will know where it's coming from and you know what is it really. And the boy says, but master, I'm a diligent student. I do always twice as much as the teachers ask me for. Wouldn't that be five years instead of 10? And the master says, well, in that case, it would be 20 years. <laughs> right. <laughs> so how, how do you coach people around the idea of taking the time to make these micro progressions? Because we are so much in a culture that's fast, fast, fast. Even our breathing, right? As a coach, what you train on of slowing it down, making it deeper, because we're taught fast, right. quick, and easy. And so that's why people are going to the gym for 10 years and not seeing a sense of progress because there's they're just showing up for the workout and they're doing it quick and easy. They're doing it comfortably. And there's not this sense of measuring or the sense of looking for the mentor who fits what they want to become. So how do well, we wrap our minds around the fact that it takes right. time to build a happy body? It's education. It's education, 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 and education. You know, you really make everything transparent. You educate people. You tell them as much as possible. You create imagination for them you know, why it takes so much time. Uh, you you tell them that, uh, you know, about everything, how when you stress the body too much, the body breaks and how the body breaks. And you, br you, you bring them the whole imagination about that, how the, uh, the process of uh, progression is, is difficult. Why is it difficult? Why it can happen? It's like this, this father who watched this cerebral policy boy throughout the time and says, Wow, this micro-progression really works, right? But that's the uh, experience. So you give, uh, you give people attention. You give people education. Like Confucius, you know, educate people, educate people. And once you do that, once you uh, remove the vagueness, remove this fear, remove the anxiety, and be really uh, honest with people, then they can embrace it. I had this uh, uh, client who came who needed to uh, grow about 30 pounds of muscle, and he was like 6'2 or 6'4, and I told him that he needs three years for that, and, you know, outline the whole system. And he said, three years? I, I, I said, yeah, well, the three years doesn't depend on me. It depends on the muscle adaptation, lifting, weeks, and, and building this, and it doesn't build fast. So he went home. And he said, you know, he told me that I need three years. And, you know, his wife well, said, well, 
then, you know, he's probably right because who would ta- tell you that you need three years? Nobody. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> who would tell you that you need three years? Smart wife. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, uh, I think the honest education and honest uh, approach with numbers uh, can help people to embrace hard choices. Yeah. Uh, and there are choices, like, you know, uh, the choices of today's life, you know, it's a hard choice, but uh, um, education about that, education and how, uh, why we do what we do and why is it so important. And, and if it's presented in a humane way mm-hmm. and care way, if it's presented with kindness, uh, it, difficulty and hard choices can be can be you know uh, embraced and people can set up uh, to achieve them and it really doesn't matter what it takes a year or two or five if a right. person um, and sees that understands that from a, you know many uh, angles then it's helpful sometimes the strongest most compassionate thing to do is to choose the hard choice and the more that we practice making hard choices, the easier it becomes to make that choice and the more enjoyable it becomes to make that choice because as you described in your system, when you feel like you're making all those micro progressions and then you're really noticing the progress that you're making and you're consolidating that progress, you know at the end of that one year that all the progress you made, you, you did it in a way that is sustainable. And that's what I like about the happy body. It's, it's a living I would say even living art system, you are making yourself into something through that process. And when you can bear witness to who you're becoming through that, it compounds the happiness that you're creating for yourself. Happiness because you're seeing results, happiness because of who you're becoming, and happiness because now you're taking the role of the master for other people to hold the mirror for them of saying, this is also what's possible for you. If I can do it and look at where I've come in the matter of one year, two years, three years, five years, you can also start on this journey and progress yourself to where I am too. Yet this, you know, this little things that, uh, uh, that I needed to make this better, you know, over time, this micro progression or, you know, uh, a little bit harder. These are the things also that, um, place us into the uh, into the level that we've never been so uh, it's unknown we are going every time to unknown it means every time that you break a record or to understand something that you didn't understand you are really in to going into unknown and you acquire knowledge or acquire uh, skills that are not there before so if you do them too fast, then you have to break. So to visualize that, let's say you have a child that you're taught how much is two plus two, all right? The child is four, so you're happy, and everybody is happy that the child knows that two plus two is four. So the next level is how much is two plus three. The child doesn't know, right? And it takes time to know that that is five. And, and then go to the next step and next step 
And in this steps, you have to have breathing patterns, you have to have recovery, you have to have adaptation. Because if you push too much, you know, the, the child can be too irritated that doesn't know or whatever happens that uh, progress is too fast, the child will start guessing and so on. And it has to go backward. So, so that, that system, progressive system, uh, has to be kind too. So it has to be progress, but it has to be smooth progress that the body or the mind has time to adapt to those levels. Those levels are really hard levels. Those levels every time are in unknown. Those levels are making us better or play, sending us into the places we've never been. Mm. As I'm hearing you talk, I'm picturing like that space that you we've been talking about throughout this episode of keeping that open. And the adaptation is what keeps the space open. And if we push too far, the space closes and we go into the reaction. And that's where we get hurt. And that's where we set ourselves back. But if we right. honor the space of adaptation, we're constantly in that space of moving towards an a kind of known unknown, because it's the, it's the unknown that we've decided for ourselves. We don't know that it's possible for ourselves yet, but we're deciding that it will be by how we're showing up right now. Right. And they know that, that happiness is created. If you create microprogression, you build those records and, and you build the pride, you build the happiness, like this triple happiness that I'm talking about, right? And you were, you were talking about. And then, you know, um, uh, as soon as you violate that, that then then you really have to go backward, right? So it's a, it's it's that um, beautiful system that when when it is moving forward in small increments is always uh, you know um, it's 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 glorious in a way, right? But it goes if you have to go the other way, it's very frustrating. It's very uh, um, disappointing, yeah. It can it can set us into depression even, and so on. So it's very dangerous actually to improve too fast. It's dangerous. Uh, if you create the athlete too fast, it's it's not a good thing. Or you will not create the one you break before. There was this Russian coach that said, "I need ten years to make a national champion." If I don't have it, I will never make one. I will break that one before, you know, uh, I, the 10 years, right? So um, it's a knowing, this kind of knowing people like that coach that needs 10 years. It, it's, the, it's the most uh, important thing to have these people around because they are just really masters of skills, you know, masters of, uh, uh, of achieving levels that are impossible for us to, to get. But they are possible if you create that, you know, uh, possibility. If you give the body 10 years, the body will get there. It, and the mind as well, right? But if you don't, then, you know, it's not going to, to happen. So, so there's, that, pardon, there's that distinction between progress and pressure. When yeah, we're trying to progress from a pressured place, we're not kind enough to ourselves <clears throat> pardon, we're not kind enough to ourselves to be able to sustain the effort yes and you know uh, kind and you know where is it coming from right it, we really need help we need really help when we are on a journey of going to unknown that is better than we are so we they, because 
it's really uh, the danger is is there. So and we always have the uh, push to go faster than we should, <laughs> or even when we can, right? So that's why we need people who are patient. You know, I, I live today in Silicon Valley, and I I have to tell you that what I learned in Silicon Valley, the 15, so 18 years ago, before I lived in Los Angeles. So it's entertainment, it's uh, part, it's fun, and so on, right? And then 15 years now, I live in Silicon Valley completely different two worlds and and different way of uh, of patience and skills so uh, you know in, in LA I learned how to you know how to entertain how to build uh, a writing that would be the movie whether it would be the play right and and you know how to create a movie right and be patient enough how to create play and it, it's it's a beautiful uh, thing also very patient. These people are incredibly patient how they create entertainment. So, uh, but they don't care about the money at all, right? So it's just money is money. If it happens, it happens. And I came to Silicon Valley, and I, I was uh, faced with people who are engineers, who are uh, you know transparent, who uh, create a wealth, who create progress. And, and create companies and start those companies. And, you know, I look at the patience of these people. It's incredible. You know, the nothing is here fast and the nothing happens overnight or something. Everything is slow and everything is consistent. Everything is progressive day by day. And, you know, like I learn from these people. It's just like, uh, you know, just... Wow, this this is the the brain like that set up. But you see, we have these brains in certain areas, right? You have this brain in entertainment, or you have brain in building the wealth for companies, or, or you have the brain of building the body, right? So yeah. you know, the Stanford professors are coming to me, and they have you know uh, they are Nobel Prize winners, right? And they are really smart, and they say, you know what? I am successful everywhere else by, by this. I, I, why? I, I said, well, you know, because you think it is less than what you do. When you compare these things, you have to even these things. And that will be better, easier for you to accept that this is another skill that you need to learn and not something that you can figure out because you are smart. I think that's important to point out because a lot of people think that the the reason they're not fit or the reason that they're not slimmer than they are is because there's something on the level of intelligence that they're not understanding. Exactly. And it is not because this this is another skill is the same, not different skill that to be MD or be a lawyer. The skill of living is really skill of living. That is, it's really a hard skill of living. Not really easier than to be MD. And, and the, to be really good at that, you know, re- requires also, you know, pursue about five, ten years at least, right? So it's not like something that you can figure out. Like you cannot figure out swimming, you know, come on. You have to go into the pool, right, and swim for five, ten years to be Phelps. That's not going to happen, right? And maybe you will be, but that experience uh, and and being in the 
uh, in the progressive system, this micro-progressive and transparent system helps actually to create all the journey that, um, that creates, you know, uh, a better athlete, creates a better artist, yeah, a poet. And especially when you're in arts, you really need other uh, uh, mentors, you need other people, and you need other people that would, you know, criticize your work, because that's the only way that you you will be living in the contemporary world of uh, creating art that, you know, somehow you know uh, wh where is your certain level, you know, what level is your art. And, and you know, it's real so hard to uh, judge that thing. And then there is no way that you can judge with without other artists talking to you. Right. So it's kind of balancing out your own internal sense of your progress and then matching that with someone who can hold the space for your progress so that you're not getting ahead of yourself or behind. Right. And that's where... it's, not, yeah, it's not transparent, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a, um, you know, Olympic weightlifter or sprinting is transparent, but, you know, uh, painting, wow, huh. or music, it, it's not transparent. It's, uh, uh, it's, it lives in the contemporary uh, artists, in, in their heads. And then you, you pick up this hundred uh, poets or hundred musicians and composers, that, that contemporary music, the level of what's contemporary lives in them. And then it's, uh, you have to really get there in order to, or have mentors from there, so they can see where you are and where you're going to. You can, you can all, you know, I have the saying that you can always look backward, but you can never look forward. You don't know what is up there. But, you know, when you have mentors, they see your journey. They can help you on that journey to, uh, to make decisions on the journey. That journey is smooth and quick. It doesn't have to last for 20 years. It actually can last for 10 years. But it shouldn't be five years, right? So. <laughs> it's making the decisions in the now so that they're not so um, blinded by where they could be, that ultimate result, the macro, that they miss what's happening in the micro, what's happening right now, what are the decisions that need to be made today, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, today, definitely. Um, I, I like the saying, uh, no, no expectations. So, you know, like, um, it doesn't take me to the past. It doesn't take me to the future. Uh, the, it takes me to the now. It's like, you know, uh, talking to you, right? It's a, it's, it can be now or it can be something that on the, on the brain that I can have the part of the thinking, how I will be looking in the future or I'm not good because I said that. If I have that on top of it, I'm not in the present, right? Because I'm just thinking about whatever it is. But if we have a really uh, discussion that we really talk, uh, we have the chance to live in the present. And if we have a chance to live in the present, we can actually touch important parts of our life that live in the present. We can see something that could get better. We can see something and, you know, find out how to, you know, improve it, how to create this little thing, this micro-progressive uh, system. I love that because then there's a sense that life gets better right now. You don't have to wait for the result to show up to be able to experience your life happier right now right here healthier right now right here right right now it has to be right now it has to be here 
because uh, if it's not, then you have a judgment uh, on on yourself that you are not good enough, and that is a horrible judgment, you know, to make. Uh, if you are not happy today, then it's only your judgment. You you are only saying because it's your saying. Uh, creating that thing but it really doesn't matter whether you are really happy or not it's what matters really is to be in that present moment uh, what you are and in that present moment uh, face this this whatever happens at that time with gracefulness with you know uh, attention with you know uh, being interested in it and that's it if you can do that then the progress can be because of the present moment after present moment after present moment, right? And then uh, it's it's not really important where is it going and how is it going. What's really important is that you are in the present moment, you like it, you enjoy that. And that is the, the most important part of being in the present. And then facing the present, like we are facing in the present, the situation of coronavirus. We are in the present. We are dealing with the present. If we start talking too much about the future, we are out of the present, right? In the present, what is needed in the present? Mm. And that we, we face that in the present. What is my present is different than the present of uh, the president, you know, or, or MDs in at Stanford, they have different present. My present is I am at home and, you know, I have my clients that I coach them on the uh, online now and, and that's my present. Uh, and that, you know, I give in that present uh, myself. I give myself to that present. That's my present. And, and my present is not thinking about that the world will collapse, that the world will disappear. That's not my present. That could be the present of a uh, of professor from Stanford who thinks about the universe, that the universe is collapsing and it's going to, to go to the black hole. And that's his present of thinking, right? And my I think present. for some people who are experiencing, like, let's say, job loss or they're sick or they're that's losing the loved ones through these times, like, that the so the important part through all of this, the way to come back to a space that feels maybe just left or right of happiness is this sense of being in your body. When you can go and live in your body and live in your breath, you are in this moment. And in that moment, there's the sense that you can handle this next breath, this next moment, because you're right here and you're, you're there for it. So you're able to be responsive. You don't have to react or make it mean anything right now you can take care of yourself in this moment you just have to take care of yourself in the next moment and continue in that way no matter how the situation outside of yourself evolves yeah this uh you know it's very hard to uh to deal with things that they are um hard on us like uh losing a job or you know losing even you know um harder things like in life but uh it's it's uh, how we deal with it is really crucial. It's important, you know. Um, during this this moment, there are ways to uh, to find out of that because there's always a solution. You know, I I uh, taught my daughter 
always I always telling her, Natalie, there is a solution. There is always solution. There is so look for solution. So um, if you lose your job, you really need to look for solution. And and you know the danger is to start ruminating on the brain that we are crashed and and we will never be again the way we were and so on. So it is important. So what is the solution? So start really uh, be creative again. You know. It's it, it's calm yourself down, start breathing, and calming yourself down, and finding how is it what you can do uh, in the moment that you found yourself, you know, uh, and you know it's uh, uh, we have a lot of this kind of moments that that everything collapses, right? So it's not like uh, it's not, and and uh, more or less people are hit during the lifetime with disaster. But it, uh, how we come out of the disaster, really, uh, it, it's possible, right? And it will happen because eventually we'll come out of it. And how we will come out of it is it's how calm we can be at that moment, how we can deal with the present moment, how graceful we can be, how creative we can be, how adaptable we can be, so to to uh, create something out of it, you know how to come out of it. It 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 requires uh, uh, creativity. It requires calmness, 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 calmness. It's, calm is strong. Calm, 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 calm. Because it 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 will remove this ruminating uh, system of thinking uh, that is horrible. That is. Uh, Devastating, devastating. I will never be good again. I will never be, be again what I was, and that that is very devastating. I I was coaching this uh, man in LA who had um, accident, a, a motorcycle accident, and his whole face moved half an inch uh, in with the teeth, and all of it has to be reconstructed. And uh, broken hips, dislocation for two inches, and so on. So, throughout about the five years, he uh, encountered a lot of surgeries of reconstruction of the face and and then hips and and so on, right? And you know, the doctor. So it took me five years. During this five years, after five years, I recovered him to the place where he was. And the doctor said that. Night is just small percentage of people can do actual recovery. That then he said that ninety five percent men believe that they can never be again what they were before, and that is the most devastating message to themselves. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so that is the uh, if you believe that you can never be what you were, it's very uh, devastating. So is it, is Why not it, believe that you can be even better? Well, you, yes, you can be even better, right? If it's possible, and then you know how this, you you can. There is so it's just, um, it is really important to have other people around, right? And it is important that if you uh, see a person like that, right, going through something like that, then it would be nice, kind to go and help and help with the talking because talking helps and especially constructive talk finding the strategy 
because there is always a solution, as I say. You know, maybe we don't like the solution. Maybe, you know, the solution is not the way that we wish to be. But the solution is there. And, you know, adapting to that solution is really needed because alternative is really horrible. You know, the, the, we can get worse. That's the whole point, that we can get worse from where we are. And uh, having families and having kids and so on, it's important to know that they are there. So you, uh, you do everything in order to uh, bounce from that, from that or adapt to that place uh, gracefully and then build from that. It's, uh, it's, it's, it, it has to be uh, the, uh, the, the way of, mm. of a person. When we focus on things getting worse, they often do get worse. And when we focus on things getting better, we come up with solutions and we improve our condition right away. Yeah. Or even, you know, uh, like a stoic, you know, uh, look at the things as they are instead of, you know, at the things that they are not and you exaggerate how bad they are, right? And usually that's what we do. Just look at the things as they are. And then once you see them in the present, how they are, uh, you will be able to develop the, the, the solution, the strategies for to get better. And it has to be there in, no matter how bad the situation is, right? So, you know, like Mandela went to prison for 27 years and, and then he was there. Well, you know, uh, well, okay, you're there. You can, uh, you can live this 27 years with... Uh, you know, adapting to that 27 years of being in the prison and creating something and 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 and, and dealing with the, the world outside and be useful, or you can really uh, fall and uh, be miserable and, and be not useful at all and then waste your really 27 years. Mm. So just to wrap up here, why do you feel like the happy body system is more important now more than ever with everything going on? Well, it is uh, comparing. It's, 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 uh, it's the system that is uh, showing up that is uh, complete. And, um, and there's a lot of... Uh, now we can see everything more clear, like uh, what is useful and what is not. And, and today, uh, the happy body scene is seen that it is complete, it is useful, uh, you, can, you can have it, you can be independent, you can follow it, you can know everything is transparent and, uh, and it's there, right? But if you take things that, you know, uh, uh, washboard apps in three weeks, today, uh, it sounds ridiculous, <laughs> the move like that, right? So uh, it's just ridiculous, right? Who cares about this? Nobody, right? So it means that when it was uh, uh, about three months ago, it was just a hit, right? Everybody wanted to washboard up. Today, nobody cares, right? Why? Because even three, three months ago, it was useless. It was just noise on, and on top of the noise and noise and noise, right? That's not what improves fake, your life. <laughs> yeah, fake cell or and so on. Well, the happy body is more and more actually seen and useful for people. Why? Because it is really rooted in 
helping people really it's it's uh it's, its aim is to create this better life good life the, the life that is virtuous the life that is self-control life the life that is physically uh, good right so that athletic that you know strong enough to handle any uh, any physical activity that you could be presented within your life but as well as uh uh, kind life, the good life, the, the the philosophy behind is graceful. It's its goodness. It's its uh, way. Right. So whether you're rebuilding your life right now in the process of doing that, or you're building towards that better life, this is connecting into your body and having a system for building health to set the foundation of that better life is so critical. So where can people find out about the happy body system and how to apply it into their lives or how to work with you? Well, there's a, uh, we have the, the webpage. We have the happybody.com, uh, the happybody.com that, that anybody can go and learn what we are doing. And uh, there is, of course, on Amazon, the book. And I am uh, engaged now in uh, teaching people a little bit differently so uh, I teach seven days course now every day. So I started that course um, on Saturday and I will end on Friday. So it's a course of the happy body, uh, seven days, seven hours, every day, one hour. And then I teach that oh, online. So I have about 300 people and Amazing. then I, I teach that, right? So I will start another one on Saturday. So. Um, Anybody can um, join that. Also, I created this paid-forward idea. The course is very cheap, $25. So, uh, And also, uh, people that cannot afford, they can apply for the scholarship and they can enter the course for free. So if people who don't have money, hey, uh, come and, and you know learn from me for free. That's okay, right? So um, the, the course... The first course that you know I'm finishing now, so I created a spade forward, so people really love it. And you know, uh, when they are kind and care for the others, then I give them opportunity to buy the course for for others. And uh, it's a really uh, good um, a expression of care, right, for for others. And then I have also the the course that I will start. Uh, the phase two course with this uh, seven days, another seven days, uh, are the course more, more philosophical, emotional uh, course about uh, to help people to actually achieve things. Because, you know, we know sometimes when we do something wrong and we watch ourselves to do wrong and we cannot do anything about that. Our strength of self-control is very low. And it's like our strength is like a battery, like energy. It gets drained throughout the day. So the more negativity is in the world, the faster that that uh, uh, that battery is drained. So you know uh, uh, the whole course of seven days will be designed to how to recharge that strength battery when we actually see something doing something wrong. We can actually stop ourselves, and it, it looks like that. Um, it, that missing link is very important. About 5% of people that are able actually to stop themselves when they, they know that they do wrong. 
but most of us are very emotional. Most of us are uh, in the instant gratification. The delay gratification is very difficult. And we are drained also uh, because uh, our skill of living and believing system uh, is not working uh, for us. And we become emotional, we become negative, we become, uh, you know, uh, uh, withdrawing away uh, from uh, from the hard choices. We, be, we link ourselves more to the, our easy choices and we look for the easy choices. So uh, the seven days will help people to um, recharging that strength, that battery, that, uh, that uh, possibility in us that actually uh, knows what's good and does what's good. Mm. So I hope that if you feel like you need to set yourself up with better systems in your life to support new growth, that you'll go check Jersey out and all the different courses and resources that he's created for you. Now is the time to go do that, to improve your life and to set yourself up for constant and never-ending improvement. So thank you so much, Jersey. I have so enjoyed having this conversation with you today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for being an awesome listener of the podcast. Your health is your number one wealth asset. And your body is the vehicle for you to make that contribution you want to make to the world. Step into a vision of success that includes health and happiness by joining my one-on-one coaching program where you'll work directly with me in Think Yourself Slim to do just that. Or be part of the conversation in the Genius Body community over on Facebook. Let's start a transformation today.